0: This episode of Misery Hunters is brought to you by Paisley Craft Beer Co. Paisley's craft beer store is located in Silk Street in the town centre. There are hundreds of different beers on show for you to take away or even sit in and enjoy. Not only that, one season ticket holders will get 10% off beer purchases on match days when you present a valid season ticket. That's the takeaway or sit in as well. You can click and collect via their website www.paisleycraftbeer.com. That's www.paisleycraftbeer.com.
2: I away, I the morning,
0: the saints, I Hello, you miserable bastards, and welcome to the Misery Hunters podcast. My name is Jamie Coburn, and joining me is Mark Jarden. Hello, Craig Devine. All right, and Sam Smith. Good evening. Very nearly a full house. One man has let us down.
1: Uh, Ross was saying he's at a cheese and wine at ten down in street tonight, but he says it's in the back garden, so it should be fine.
0: It's a work event, that's all it is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. On the clock. But we should just go straight into the the fact that we've won a match and it's been very rare on the podcast this season where we're or it's felt like a good while where we've actually managed to talk about a victory. Um, none of us were there, which was a poor show. But then, otherwise, we wouldn't have some great content to talk about with the commentators. And I think that that that's the biggest takeaway from the, that game is how bad were those commentators.
2: Aye, I, I actually thought obviously I missed the first half because it was at training then I came back in. I had like kind of quickly recap, like ever group chat, and the one with the boys that I got the football with, and I seen everybody was talking about the commentators, and I was like, right, Come on, these guys can't be too bad. And I got in the. Maybe like five minutes after the second half started, and aye, never, never really, really, really bad. Just, just some aye. fucking outrageous comments. Like I, think the, I mean, the guy who, comp- one of them comparing this to Hamilton, seeing teams like Hamilton, St Mirren always coming here, him, just sit and defend. Um, but Usually that is what tends, t- tends to happen when a team's winning a game with 20 minutes to go, but aye.
1: As if Dundee United aren't a
2: team like
1: Hamilton since St Mirren's. Over the last
0: right. six, seven years either. I mean, Dundee Michael's. United are very much a yo-yo team of the cinch, I would say. Yeah,
3: have seen fine. two levels of the cinch, and rightfully so. I reckon the, uh, the tone was set, and I, I'm sure I didn't make this up right, but the tone was set in the first minute of the game. Hearing the commentators say, oh, the, "the Dundee United fans are in good voice tonight," and all you could hear was North Bank aggro getting on. That was a tone set instantly, and for there it only got worse. It was, it was, it was. You expect a certain level of bias tuning into any what is effectively fan TV, but that was that was beyond parody. How bad that was mm-hmm. aye. Right, we've
2: complained about uh, Campbell on Eibels before. I think, like, notably the time when he absolutely publicly shamed Junior Marias, I think, away at Ross <laughs> County. And I think, to be fair, people gave him it tight that day. But, wow, like, even seeing your own supporters are absolutely slaughtering you on your club's social media. It's probably time to pack the old common, take none. was mm-hmm.
3: a wee bit right at the end of the game as well, when they, they announced uh, uh, injury time. And it was what was it five minutes? And the guy went, "I could easily be double." (laughs) Yeah, he 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 did say
0: something previous to that. He said, "He went, we've got like we've got fifteen minutes left, plus you know nine ten minutes of extra time that should be added on for all this." (laughs) And I was just like, "What?" And it was like I love the one when he was talking about how was it Brophy had controlled the ball with his elbow. It's like that's some circus skills right there. (laughs) Like it's
1: almost like they handed over commentary to some of the someone fans on Twitter. Oh, I know. Which will
0: probably shame him in due time, but um, like, what was one of? I actually had so much glee when they were denied that penalty that probably should have been a penalty for the handball because he genuinely looked like it sounded like he was ready to explode in like the commentary booth or wherever the hell he was. Because um, I I don't know, I just took a wee bit of personal delight in that.
1: I um, I watched the entire game on mute. (laughs) I didn't hear a single second. Of that rancid commentary, I had it on mute and watched four episodes of Stay Close on Netflix in the background. That was the that was the commentary I had, so I can't complain. I don't know what all the is about.
0: <laughs> we should actually probably talk about the game. Um, slight tactical change, obviously with um, Dennis having to come out in the um, injured in the warm up, bringing in Brophy. Uh, had a decent. Yeah, actually, I don't think anybody had like a minus next to their name. I was quite impressed by majority of the, the team.
1: I think everyone Bad. put a, a decent shift in. Um, for for me, the, the most encouraging was Jay Henderson. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What he's, I know we'll speak about Kilty and, and others, but Henderson seems to have taken that. You know, a, a lot of people would have maybe had that wee breakthrough and then fall straight out of consideration, you know, where you're not even on the bench a lot of the time and and maybe you know keep the head down after that but he's obviously gone away you know grafted he he looks a bit a bit stronger on the ball a bit more physically capable and for whatever reason now that he's back he's he's so direct he's he's so capable of holding holding defenders off the ball and creating space I, I think we you know we'll, we'll talk about his goal but even the the start to that move and, and the movement that he had there mm-hmm. to to push himself into the the space that he was in it was just all so so encouraging. I I think we all I think it was the only attack we had in the entire game against Celtic when he carried it about sixty yards and, and held off was it Carter Vickers and and someone else and then laid it off for Curtis Main to lie down and try and blow it over the over the goal line as if he was as if he was taking the piss in a game of fives or something. Um and, and saw Henderson do that and thought, you know, I wonder if he can do that on a fairly regular basis and I would say based on on well, last night, it looks like he's added that to his his game. We we've not done that for for so long, um, and it it was a real real improvement. I think he was at the heart of just about everything that, that made us look a lot better last night.
0: There's a bit more maturity about his game. Even like, well, well, if we talk yeah. about that goal, like um, not only his pass, then the his movement to for like wanting the ball back, he knew exactly what he wanted to do. It was a fantastic shot and an absolute great goal, probably contender for goal of the season. Um, like uh, we've seen many, like when he first came in, that there was a player there, but you know he, he he would chase a lot of things he didn't need to, or he'd be in the wrong position, or he was quite lightweight and could get pushed off. He's, he's like you said, he's went away, he's bulked up a bit, he's 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 just added that bit of maturity to his game, and it's it's extremely promising to see and where hopefully he can continue this through.
3: Definitely, yeah. is it Clyde's that uh, Jay Henderson was at, and a lot of the Clyde fans are mentioning how they didn't understand how he he was going to turn out for a team in the top flight based on what they'd seen, but he's obviously went away yeah. and really, really worked in his game behind the scenes and he's he's, he's grasped the chance that he was given. Um, obviously off the, the back of the COVID, COVID uh, issues we had back in, God, that seems like forever, but uh, end of December. Mm-hmm.
0: Other talking p- points we should bring up is how good Kilty was with the absence of McGrath. We've always kind of said that they, they two shouldn't like we, we try to play them together and it never never worked and they're two similar players they give the same sort of role to the team um and try to shoehorn them in never really worked it kind of goes back to the point Sam that you've always made that Kilty was brought in to replace McGrath and that that transfer never happened um and we kind of get stuck with both of them it never really worked but this really gives Kilty the chance to to show why why he's been brought to this team.
2: I think we'll <clears throat> we'll probably touch on it later, but I think McGrath going might actually be a wee bit of a a blessing in disguise for the for the rest of the squad and especially Kilty because like to actually see Kilty in behind the striker on his own, knowing McGrath or Ronan next to him was was really good. You know, he's he's kinda of, we've seen the Kilty that we've kind of seen over the last two years at Colmarnik, you know, he gets into good spaces, he links up really well with, with Brophy as well, and a couple of the wee passes he played, kind of just in between getting us forward, he's always in good positions as well, I think there was a couple of times he actually managed to drag bodies out to give space for Ronan and Henderson at the wings as well, so man, it was a, a really pleasing performance for him, and he's really grasped the chance, I think, finally getting a, a proper chance in his actual position.
1: I think him playing slightly further forward clearly suits him. Uh, I think what you were saying there, Sam, as well. But not having McGrath or, or even Ronan next to him freed him up a lot, and he seemed to he seemed to kind of flourish in that that role with a where it was all kind of coming through him and it was on him to to do that. But I think also, uh, you know, by virtue of that, it meant for the first time I think he was playing with a full midfield behind him as well. So he had the support of Erichon, of Power, and, and of Ronan, and and on all of the rest to. When he was getting into good spaces to find them, or when he was kind of dragging players one way or the other to, to then create the space to create something for, for others. I think it was a combination of all of those things that that kind of really let him shine last night. It wasn't, it wasn't just the fact he was further upfield or just the fact that McGrath was out. I think we just played to his strengths, for the first time. Maybe maybe in his fifteen sixteen games, the first time he was kind of given the, the responsibility, and he certainly showed he's capable of taking that. You just need to hope that it's.
0: It's consistent from, from here on in. We can talk about the the goal that was wrongly chopped off for offside. Um, <laughs> I think, like I think they, they gave it for I think was it Brophy in the keeper's line of vision. But when you watch the replays, Brophy's not in an offside position for that either. So that's extremely no. frustrating. Like that, how that game could have like I, we could have even took that confidence on a wee bit more. We could have had a chance to maybe bring on. Alex Grieve a bit earlier like Eamon Brophy looked done by the end of the game as well like um, it would have just allowed us to relax a wee bit more and enjoy the game a little bit more because we are playing good, some good football as well and it was a good finish from Kilty and hopefully we see more of that as well in that position Um, the, but yeah it definitely should have stood
3: There was nothing nothing wrong with it that I could see, I've watched it back several times and there's, there's still nothing for me at all even someone um done a wee bit of a breakdown of it online and kind of highlighted exactly where Brophy was standing in relation to the keeper. He's not even you know, obstructing the view from an offside position, but he wasn't in at all. So um, I chopped off first for no good reason. But then I guess, like you mentioned earlier on, they probably should have had a penalty at some point. So maybe evens oh. out a wee bit.
1: Yeah, I think it was I mean, marginal enough that you can take that one on the, on the chin in, in light of, of other decisions and, and everything else. It's not yeah. one of those ones that we've looked at at other points in the season, where it's been the difference between a, a good result and a poor one, and it's yeah. been a lot more, a lot more glaring. It's frustrating, but in the, the scheme of things, mm-hmm. it's a positive yeah. that we were creating chances like that and, and putting them away. And it's a positive that after that happened, we didn't, you know, lose the heat and we pushed on and, and did what we had to do after that as well. So maybe be a slightly different temper if, um, if, uh, if the result had gone the other way last night, but. With it being what it was, I've not
0: um, I've not lost too much sleep over it. I think it was quite a late decision as well. Like um
2: Oh Kelvin had um, run away up the line yeah, and
0: started and celebrating. <laughs> I th- I think a few of the players looked to the linesman and the linesman hadn't got the flag up. You can even kind of see the reaction of the Dundee United fans looking towards that direction and still looking frustrated. So uh, I don't know if he's kind of went, shit, was it like the, the linesman probably was in no man's land and he just was like shit, was it? a bit of benefit of doubt I'll put it up kind of thing.
2: Aye, none of, none of the United players claimed for it either uh, I think the first, that was the first thing I kind of looked at in the replays today To see how they reacted But there wasn't one of them that had the hand up either. If anything, Kiltie's impaired uh, Kiltie's vision's the one that's impaired Because he's got Brophy standing right in front of him That's cutting his line of sight off for the goal But uh, mm. it, it definitely should have stood But as you said, aye these things even are sell it, We definitely should have had a, a penalty for the one Was it power aye? Yeah. I think then, it might yeah, have been
0: out. Did we have a penalty claim? Should, like, we we as well? I'm pretty sure uh, I've seen them given.
2: I've seen it given, but I don't think it was as blatant as the one we...
0: No,
2: no, no, obviously The <laughs> one we <laughs> I, think, I think I think, yeah, Powell's reaction kind of said it all. To be honest, I think he get back up straight away, and I think he fought and looked at the referee as if to say, you've gave that, and I think he was getting ready to play these innocents and then he looked at the referee again and thought, right, you've actually not gave that. This is great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, we should give a, a, another special mention to Alan Power for, unfortunately, the won't goal but, like, um, absolutely great game. Like, I, I still don't get why some some fans don't like him. Like, I think absolutely fantastic player yesterday.
3: Because and he, he got one fan up. on Twitter with 14 letters in his name that hates everyone.
0: Yeah, uh,
2: well. Yeah, I think he obviously got sent off against Celtic uh, last year and gave away a penalty a very dodgy given penalty against Rangers so I there is obviously the. I mean let's not remember these other 19 great performances this season, we'll just pinpoint the two small mistakes he's made, neither had a great game last night and both of the goals actually came for either him starting the move to get the ball into a decent position or I know, the third, I know the second one, Ethan, gets the ball out i him and power gets it wide. But the first one, it was a, a great pass, is he? uh, Henderson originally, he played the 1-2 with Kilty, He's He's uh, very aware. He's for a guy who, like, for years, I just assumed, pass the ball sideways and backwards. Uh, yeah, he kind of he does his best to get the team into good positions at the other end of the partner and always passes it forward into good areas. I thought so much
1: of what we did well last night was properly pressing the ball and, and pressing the ball... High as well And, and power was, was absolutely um, you know At the heart of that I think for As you're saying For Henderson's goal He's up You know Kind of 10-15 yards in By my Inside the done The Dundee United half And going in and Stamping and, and getting a ball Which If you'd been a bit more passive Or a bit more A bit more casual Then maybe that becomes Something else But he gets in and put sins it our way And I, I think Several times last night You had um, Brophy, Kilty, Henderson, and others—you know—chasing lost causes and forcing Dundee United to play slack passes or long passes that we could get on. But if something did come past, that power seemed to be at everything. If it came kind of anywhere near the, the halfway line, and as you were saying, you know, kind of before he signed, you assumed he was a bit of a, you know, a, bit, a bit of a kind of Ray Wilkins, a bit of a crab type sideways pass merchant. But he was—I think he's—he's—he's he's, he's much, much better than that. he's much better than I think he would maybe get credit for. He's constantly setting stuff up in front of him he's not going to be the guy that carries it 40-50 yards and beats beats three men or plays the kind of side-row pass which maybe Erewhon's the best at in, in our midfield currently but he's he can spy who's going to do that and gets the ball to them and, and breaks things up in front of him I think he's, he's, he's by far the signing of the season for me
0: you mentioned crab-like football there, there was a few moments that kind of got the commentary team also annoyed which was funny, was when Alan Power went down on the ground and still managed to win the ball and pass it on and he's like, he's, he's, I think I heard it twice off the co-commentator where he went like, how fortunate is that, he's he's, he's on the ground and still got it <laughs> I mean, that's skills mate
1: that's the first time in like 10 years that crab and football has been mentioned in the same uh, sentence and it hasn't been about Kyle Lafferty or.
0: <laughs> uh, mentioning Brophy okay. and um, obviously him scoring the second goal, just to let anyone listening that has his sixth goal of the season, which is three more than Danny Mullen and four more than Lee Griffiths. Before you start mentioning that we should sign a goal scorer, just, just so you're aware, and uh, also more goals than one more goal than uh, Kevin Nisbet, who's in Scotland contention. So,
2: I think uh, the issue with us it hasn't been Brophy or Dennis, much like people like to say as Oh, we need to send a goal scorer. We could have had Ronaldo, Cavani or anybody in our squad for the first half of the season and they wouldn't have scored because, simply put, we don't make enough chances for your strikers to score. and I think the only ch- the only proper chance Brophy had last night was one that got popped up to him right in front of an empty net because the service in him was good, finally, for a change and. He's not had to make a goal off his own back like he's had to do for every other every other single goal he scored this season. Uh, it was just a really 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 good bit of play. You no, know, obviously Aragon wins it, gets it to power, Pimmer. powers ball into Fraser's. Decent. I think and, uh, the ball for Fraser into Kiltie's excellent. You no know, fair play, Kiltie could have probably pulled the trigger, but mm. he had the awareness to look up, see both of them mate, the running. Nice, was that tapping? It was a, a really good goal, really well worked.
3: I think um, Brophy get a lot of maybe unfair criticism over the yeah. past few weeks just obviously with us being on such a, a poor run. Um seen quite a lot of folks saying he, he was a bit hopeless at times and I always felt that was quite unfair. It's, you've kind of hit the nail on the head there. It's, it's, any faults that we've had have, have not really been Brophy's at all. He's what, six goals already at this point in the season. He's probably going to hit double figures now um, providing he stays fit. So, aye, it's, it's definitely not been his fault and I think to me it always felt that folk were just being a wee bit too revisionist about Brophy I
1: think the, the thing with Brophy is it's not that like other strikers that we've had that the ball's fallen to him 10 yards out and he's you know he's, he's putting it at the corner flag he's he's not trying to hit it with his right foot and it's hitting his left foot and trickling behind him it's none of that stuff's happening it's not as if he's playing shit as a target man or, or whatever else he's, he's not getting chances so he's having to shoot from 30 yards out or 25 yards out, on he's on his wrong foot, round a defender, shot corner. You know, 99 times out of 100, that doesn't result in a in a goal. But he's he's working with what he's he's got. He had that shot kind of early on. Um, that just kind of bounced his way, and he had a half yard of space. And I think um, Seagris just parries it back out. I think that that shows you what he's capable of, even when you're not giving him any kind of proper service. It was the, the, the difference last night was that the ball got rolled to him in a proper striker's position where he'd, he'd kind of lost his man and, and was there to, to put it away I think there was, there's a lot more that, that the team can be doing before you, you start writing off Brophy as the, the kind of main striker mm. I
2: reckon Right, but uh, Dougie Somner scored 30 <laughs> goals in the 70s remember so that's, that's a real striker
1: <laughs> Yeah Joe Shaughnessy has th- what four times as many goals as League 1
0: does in the league this year I genuinely can't believe it. Is. So, mm. if you're wondering what we're talking about and you don't happen to be a member of this modern fa- Facebook group, go on it and, and look for a post. I can't remember the guy. I, I won't call his name out just for the sheer stupidity of his opinion. It was uh, a Mr. L. Griffiths. <laughs> but who claimed that we should not be bothering about what players do off the park as long as they can score goals on the park which Lee Griffiths hasn't really done this season either but he did oh, properly oh,
2: say been
0: uh, years. he did properly <laughs> say that we should just ignore what Lee Griffiths has done like which is why we don't need to mention the comments or whatever or what he's done because everybody knows what we're talking about here but this guy said that we should just completely ignore that fact and then got really butthurt when we all piled on and went mate, nah but um. Yeah,
3: I just, just ignore what Hitler did because he liked dogs. He was a vegetarian, that's, and that's, that's good for the that kind of level. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what, what
3: was, what was his goal thing. record,
1: though? I don't know if he's ever put you know, kind of one in three away in the top flight in Scotland. So.
2: <laughs> goal, goals are clearly worth more than moral values to some submarine <laughs> fans. So.
1: <laughs> I mean, if, anyone, if, if we take moral values out of it, we're essentially Livingston
3: fans, and I'm not willing to stand for that.
2: Nope.
3: <laughs> I mean, le- I know- if there is, um, sorry, I was going to say, if there is anyone out there that's listening, going, I might actually take a look at that Facebook group just because Jamie's put me onto it. Just fucking don't, because it's his brain meltingly awful. Mm-hmm. You Aye, your choice.
2: Craig's a hundred percent right there. It's a uh, it isn't worth your time. Joining it, it's <laughs> fucking woeful at times. But uh, I mean, it can make a very boring day at work a lot more fun if you start responding to such guys. On there,
0: although I do promote the podcast on there when we put one, so if you're listening from the Facebook group, I'm talking about everybody else, not you. Okay, <laughs> yeah.
2: Not not the one man who liked Lee Griffiths because he scored two free kicks against England six years ago
0: in a game we lost, not Drew. Mm-hmm. We drew because Stuart Armstrong can't clear it, like a loss, anyway. Let's like what were we talking about. Oh, yeah, we beat yeah. United,
2: United game. Yeah. Aye. I think we were just a bit to go into the United scoring. I'd imagine.
0: Yeah, it was unfortunate. It was kind of, I wouldn't say it's coming, but like we were kind of last minute, like ditch defending at some points where they were starting to basically take control of the game, and it was just unfortunate the way the goal kind of happened. And we were
2: a wee bit under the course for the kind of five ten minutes leading up to it. I, th- I actually think. If anybody, I think you could probably need to do pin the blame on Ethan a wee bit. I think Dunn kind of goes out, presses and wins the ball. And for some reason, Ethan just kind of passes it straight to Tony Watt. I mean, he hits it anywhere. Well, out of danger there. And it's not a, just have a go and pile on Ethan. You know, I thought he had a great game last night. But, I mean, I thought, I don't know if it was just a wee bit of us. Nobody used to being up 2-0 because of the run we're on and maybe panicking a wee bit. You know, but a team that not used to it winning, or hasn't been used to it winning for a long time. So, eh, I don't know if a wee bit of that can set in there, obviously, I think what picked it well. a decent pass. Aye, eh, what picks it a decent pass, and eh, unlucky for power You know, I think if any of these sliding in, you know, that could hit off either way. He's got to go for it. If he leaves it, then I think somebody's waiting at the back post just to tap it in anyway. So, uh, I don't really pin any blame on power for that. But uh, aye, I it was it was a, just unlucky, to be honest.
1: Mm. Felt like when we were under the course last night, we always looked capable of, of dealing with it. You knew that the defence who, you know, pretty much all had a good night were gonna restrict Dundee United to to kinda of tough chances and if they did get through then Anik was having one of those one of those nights where it felt like he was going to keep everything out, so it probably was gonna take just one me kind of blundered moment of of everyone kinda of losing their Losing cool killing it, and I think you're totally right about about Errol. And I think he had a great game. He, he showed all the the kind of value valuable stuff that he brings. And he, you know, I certainly, even though I've been critical of him, I wouldn't claim that he was anything other than, you know, a, a kind of fairly significant factor. And I was playing a lot better. But if Power's going to get criticism for being the one that turned into the net, then I think that probably needs to be shared out by you know the everyone that kind of contributed to the bobbin in that spot. And, and I think just a, a moment of indecision from. From Ethan's probably just as big a part of that as as anything else, but yeah, I, th- I think power should maybe maybe be a little bit more aware of of the fact he's sliding between the posts when he when he does that and, and maybe try and do something else. But I've certainly never had to slide in to stop a ball going across the six yard box to a professional footballer at pace and had to do anything with it. So I'm not going to start telling him that he can be doing better when he does
3: that It's a wee, but unfortunately, it did look as if. Maybe Fraser was there to kind of pick it up if it had kept going the same way it was going, but then that's not to say it, it hits off the bottom of Power's arse and lands right at the feet of United striker. So right, it's just one of the ones that you can't you kind of really do too much about. And same as the penalty decision and the um the offside goal, but all kind of evened out and it didn't matter in the end. We mm. took the three points, so who cares?
0: Exactly. Right. Uh, we also got to see a little bit of New signing Alex Greaves. I mean it was only about five minutes or so, it's hard to judge. Didn't score a hat trick, so I know Mark is disappointed. But uh, <laughs> from what send them I, home. from what I seen, he looked alright, he was he was quick. I liked that we're um we're sort of playing the ball in the corner and it kind of found the way to him where he immediately took the shot on, went over the bar. But you think maybe uh, after he settled in a wee bit better he might do better with that sort of chance, but from what I saw, it looked promising. From what I've seen of this, like his stats and stuff, it looks promising. I know we can say like it's the New Zealand league, what kind of standards that, but like we can't really complain too much when we're also like encouraging Goody to go scout the Irish league as well, which is not a great standard. So like, how different is the Irish league compared to the New Zealand league? Like, um, I'd imagine they're going to be pretty similar. Yeah, I'm
1: sure you know Partick Thistle fans didn't like it when. They went down and plucked Chris Dillon out of the the juniors playing against Amazon drivers for Huddleford or whatever else, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure us County and Sunderland fans would rather that we weren't signing Ross Stewart from playing for playing for cool winning, but it is what it is. If you're scoring goals, you're scoring goals and you need to take a chance on that sometimes and see see what you get from it. So regardless of the level that can it is in in context compared to everything else. There's there's clearly been enough in it for us to to bring him halfway around the, mm-hmm. the world to take a look at it. So and if he's been training with us for it sounds like a few weeks and he kind of earned his spot there then you know, I'm kind of all for giving someone a bit of a bit of a chance. It seems like a fairly cost effective way of doing something up front that doesn't involve <coughs> giving Lee Erwin minutes.
2: Mm. So Aye, I'm entirely nah. in favour. The that's always a bonus if you restricting Lee Irwin's minutes but I, I for the kind of shot cam I thought he looked as if he's got a lot of kind of right. attributes really good attributes he, I think there was one where he took on a couple of guys and managed to take the ball up in the corner initially and as you said Jamie the way he kind of manoeuvred that chance for himself was pretty promising I think apart from Brophy we've never really had an attacker that does make chances for themselves yeah. like that for a long time so hopefully they go obviously going forward hopefully he can kind of Adjust to playing over here. He'll, he'll, he'll be a really good option, you know. If I know a lot of people knock the standard, but as you said, it's a, it's not exactly going to cost us an, an absolute fortune to have this guy here for a year and a half. If he's any good, then both parties will win it because he might sign a longer contract. and We might get a wee bit of money at him if he is good. So he's
0: got he's got a lot to prove as well, playing in this league. And after what he's done in New Zealand league, he'll have the international team looking at him like they they did pick them for the provisional squad for the Olympics but never got in the full one but with players like Jamie McGrath now getting called up from St Martin to like the Ireland squad and the standard like we're New Zealand um, I mean other than Chris Wood and Winston Reed who I don't actually think plays football anymore Winston Reed, Um I couldn't tell you he any does other New Zealand, does, he?
3: Sure. does he? Chris
0: Killen uh, Chris Killen <laughs> <Do> you... <laughs> fail him oh. under Lee Griffiths I think <laughs> 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 but like, um, surely he'll be looking at the the squad and thinking this is a this is a great opportunity to get himself a few caps for New Zealand as well.
1: I think if recent evidence is anything to go by, we'll sell him to the Saudi Arabian government slash Newcastle United for twenty five million pounds at some point. Well, which you I'm, I'm all in favour of. No harm.
0: No harm, no foul.
3: I can't. Um, I've got no issue with the the level that he's came from. I think Mark can of the, the nail in the head. Um, I think a lot of Saint fans have maybe get a bit of a, a too high an estimation as to the level that we actually play at. Yeah. Like it's in, in, as Sam said, he's only here for about eighteen months, so no harm, no foul. If he turns it to an absolute dud, but based on a a very short but promising cameo last night, I'm quite excited to see what he can do. Mm-hmm.
1: Just more so than than other positions, scoring goals doesn't get easier just because you're playing against Mm -hmm. Derek that works for fucking Yodel. Like, (laughs) still need to control the ball, still need to find the net. Like, if you're doing that 25 times in 30 games, you're worth taking a look at. And if you're decent over three weeks of a trial spell, sounds like you played against Celtic in a closed door game, and then comes on last night, I'm kind of willing to. To go with the fact that you know he's earned up, what I'm assuming is a fairly low cost deal for yeah. for 18 months, and I'm sure it's a Birkenhead United. I'm sure the agreement we've got with them is we pay you pretty much nothing other than the flights to get them over here, and if we end up selling them, you can get yeah, no, don't a quarter up. of it or whatever. Like win-win. <laughs> Who? What's the what's the negative in that situation?
0: The only thing I think that people might be a little bit reserved by, and even I kind of thought about it myself, was his goal scoring record reminded me an awful lot of James Marwood, <laughs> who scored 20 odd goals in 30 odd games for Gateshead. And I was like, oh, well, you, know, you score goals there, you can score goals anywhere, kind of thing. But
2: uh... I do think like we are the only club up here, though, that sign people from the conference who are goal machines and then they end up being shy. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> Like when Motherwell obviously signed Louis Moult who mm-hmm. wasn't particularly great down south, comes up here scores an absolute barrel load. They make good money off him. Uh, there's obviously been like more as well. I think Adam Rooney played non-league at some point as well in England or Ireland, and ended up coming over here to Inverness. So
1: even other clubs I, did well out of the, the Vardy Academy. Was Rikesh Bingham not a Vardy Academy?
2: Yeah, there for Hamilton was, uh, and
1: looked like a competent footballer.
2: So. We done alright at the Barber Academy as well
3: We've got uh, Cody Cook I, do, you, do, mentioned, do, 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 do. you mentioned Duds like uh, James Marwood But I would trust the opinion of Goodwin A lot more than I would of uh, Tommy Craig that signed him Aye yeah. <laughs> Don't need to say much more than that
1: Do not sign him because he was Brian Marwood's son and then got his Adam Drury on loan
3: Probably Brian Marwood being the head country. of the youth
1: system at, well Brian Marwood was, I'm sure, was like MD or Chief of the Youth Section or whatever at Man City. Academy director or whatever. And we then got Ellis Plummer and
0: Adam Drury on loans shortly after signing his son. I quite liked Adam so, Drury. I think he was he was a an alright player on a really bad bunch.
1: Was, he was he was just a bit of a lightweight, wasn't he? He was he was decent enough, but in a team that was just getting pummeled. Mm-hmm. Every week in a team that was just getting ragdolled and dispatched by some very shit football teams and having 25% possession. Yeah. It, it didn't really seem up for the fight, but I wouldn't necessarily
3: hold that against them. Was that the season that Jim Goodwin nutmegged David Veer? Yeah, uh, yep. Yep, it was. At like the same season? Yeah,
1: yeah I, um, oh, well, well,
3: Brian Marwood's
1: Man City Academy training playground. Right. I'm suggesting again that there was any <laughs> link between that happening <laughs> and the fact that we signed Brian Marwood's son.
0: I mean that that was quite a good experience. That now uh, I remember having yeah. down
1: for- one of my favourite away days of all
0: time. Matt. That was <laughs> that was that was class. I went down. I did the stadium too, and then went to the game. That was good fun. Um, but obviously there, there'll probably be a few outgoings. I think Jamie McGrath's a shoe in for that. There's talk about Birmingham and uh Wigan. Um, some rumours. Oh, well, Curtis Main was not featured on the bench or on the squad. Rumours about him going to possibly Doncaster. Was it Sam? Yeah. Um, Yeah.
3: I'm fucking driving myself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Lee Erwin, I mean, while a club Take Where's that Turkish club or whatever (laughs) that wanted him? Where's he still a bit? Heard that Viennese have put in a
1: pre contract offer for him to come and collect the glasses on a Friday night. (laughs)
0: Dangerous, man. They're risking that, aren't they? Big job. Can you handle
2: it? He'd still be fucking shy at that.
0: But like, is there any other players that you could like like to see us kind of have a wee look at, bring in?
2: Uh, A young man that we've mentioned a few times on the podcast that we're in danger of making a podcast sent kind of about him. Yeah, Uh, Scott Allen fucking better beside him
0: (laughs) God, man! I see. See the day he holds that St Mon scarf above his head or the the top. Like we're all going to have to check on Sam, see if he's doing okay.
2: Uh, Aye, I just, I think it it definitely makes sense now and obviously I'd have liked it to happen a lot earlier I think we all kind of said at the time when the the swap deal plus the cash kind of went about it would have been a very good signing Eh, I'd have probably took Dre Wright at the time as well but do eh, do you know what I I
0: know people were what were saying about Dre Wright but see this uh, Hibbs Celtic game he was one of Hibb's better players
2: yeah I think eh, I think definitely Scott Allen if I'd if we're getting rid of McGrath I think we definitely need the option for I don't I, I think Kilty has kind of picked up quite a reputation at co Marley like for sometimes being a bit injury prone so I know can I maybe play two or three games and fade out of it I think to to have a guy like Scott Allen there who, who can come in and be the main man like in that kind of number 10 role would be a, a really good addition for us as well and I think if we've kind of I like I, like, I do like McGrath and don't get me wrong for the time he's been here he's been a great player but I think the for an attacking midfielder, I don't really think he's that creative. He's not a guy that strikes me as someone who someone who can, you know, kind of pick a great pass out for a striker. I think he's more likely to be the guy that scores himself. So I hopefully, hopefully bring in Scott Allen and preferably a left sided midfielder.
3: I'd kind of flip flopped a wee bit over Scott Allen because thinking back to um I think the last time we spoke about this, we'll kinda agreed it's the point if we're just going to continue playing the way we were and punting the ball up and just bypassing other skillful players but then you you have a game like last night and you remember we can actually play football and we can give the ball to the, the players that are going to make a difference and make things happen so I, I'd, I'd, I'd be with you I'd like to see Scott Allen come in for exactly that for someone that's let's face it he's probably not going to start every game certainly with his fitness issues but to, to come in as an option um, he's maybe a wee bit of a luxury player but I think if you're using him as one and you've no getting any kind of expectation above that then by all means bring him in I
1: think the way we set up last night means that you can have that It, it can either be a luxury player or it can be someone who's industrious but just works best when they've got a completely kind of free role like Kilty did so I think Alan you're talking about Alan not playing every game or if he does play most games not certainly not playing most minutes in games you know he'll need a break and Kilty as you were saying Sam doesn't have the best injury record or prone to, to having spells out the team. So you would hope if we were to bring someone like Allen in, him and Kilty would essentially kind of job share. They would be there to to do what needs to be done and they're different enough that if one of them's on and, and it's not working, you can rely on another to change the game as well and, and do something a little bit different. I, I would love to see us bring in someone like Scott Allen, if even just to see, see what would happen, you know, bring them in on, a Six month loan deal and, and see, see what he's capable of,
2: and if it works, then see what he looks like in the home strip. Look. Glorious! Aye.
3: Um,
2: I, th- I think I... Uh, the only other thing for me is aye, the only, the only, I think the only kind of downside to it is obviously the kind of the health issues. But you'd like to think, hopefully, now with the fact that he's played what, 19 times for perhaps this season, he yeah. started quite a lot of games. Hopefully. You know, for his sake, he's over it, and if he does come in, and hopefully for our sake as well, because I'd imagine he'd be taking a fair chunk of the budget as well.
1: I think Dre um, Wright, so, Wright does that that thing that I don't think we've had since since Dylan Connolly went, and I, if Dre Wright was to come in, I, I wouldn't be hoping that he was playing every week, but we do miss that just kind of raw raw pace, run through a brick wall thing that Connolly gave you, particularly against bigger teams mm. when we're struggling, where there's no outball, there's no there's no one that will carry the ball for yes, forty yards, but more importantly than that, like twenty seconds and give everyone else a break and, and kind of engineer something out of out of nothing. I wasn't the biggest Dylan Connolly fan by, by any stretch and I, I don't really agree that not replacing him has been a particularly big issue for us, but I think if there's room to, to do a couple of, of things with with him um, with the money that we get for, for McGrann, from the grand from cutting wages, then Someone with just a bit of raw pace to do a bit of running for us, I think, is a good option to to have. Beyond that, I'm I'm not entirely sure what I'd want to see as prioritised. To be honest, because I think on our day we've got a, we've got a strong, yeah. fairly balanced squad in all the key positions. It's just it's not played to its not played to its strengths so far.
0: Well, you've you've got to kind of hope the way we set up yesterday that that'll be sort of Goodwin's choice rather than trying to force the the back three kind of thing to work. Um, pushing players out of positions just to try and make this system work which clearly didn't uh, kind of hoping that he abandons that and sees from last night that maybe that's the way to go um, but yeah I, off the top of my head there aren't, like you said Mark, there aren't too many positions where I think we're screaming out for
3: I was going to say I don't necessarily disagree with and you've just said but it would be reassuring just to know that we do have a couple of different options in terms of the way we set up. Like I think Goodwin was really, really stuck to the the of the back for for a long time, probably for too long. So it's good to know that we can play a different way. We can set up in a different way if it's not working. Um, I don't expect him to stick to to the formation we had last night in every game, but certainly if we can kind of spring a surprise, I think that maybe is partly what led to, to us doing so well last night. Is when when we turned out like that. I don't think Dundee United were maybe expecting us to, to play the way we did and the, the formation set up we did.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Tam Courts said that himself. He said he, he didn't expect us to shape up the way we did. I think he was probably expecting mm-hmm. the kind of same old boring three at the back, six in the middle, one up front. But uh, no, it was definitely good. Plus, I, I don't mind playing three at the back. I think it has its time and place against certain teams, but I think we've just kind of lack the flexibility to change it up against teams that, I mean, you don't need to play five defenders against in the United. You can get away with playing a half-flat four and Henderson have a go at a guy like Scott McMahon who isn't particularly great. I I just think to to mirror Henderson on the right-hand side, I think we just need something, maybe another wide option on the left-hand side because I wouldn't like to see Ronan out there all the time. Yeah. You know, considering how he did I thought he'd done pretty well last night. But uh, I wouldn't mean, I like to see him there all the time. Like it's a bit a waste of talent.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree. Um, anything else? Anyone else?
2: Uh, bring back. uh God, who, do, who do people usually want to bring back? Somebody who scored a couple of goals a few years ago? So
0: Danny Mullen, Oki Dormus. Uh, Lewis Guy I'll everyone's ball, always going to bringing Lewis Guy back so <laughs> sure about it. Cody Cook scored yeah. for fun and for Bath and they play in black and white stripes so just saying
2: he, he was not great very very sound guy very handsome but not good at football scored
0: a hat trick the worst
3: hat trick I've ever seen I scored
0: it <laughs>
2: I would be absolutely
1: crushed if footage of that, um, of Greaves hat tricks finally made its way over here. And they were as, <laughs> they were as bumbled and, and, and shocking as, as Big Cody's uh, hat trick. I can't believe he's had two distinct, unrelated mentions on the one podcast.
0: I like how someone Hi. called him the Kiwi Cody Cook on um, on Twitter. <laughs> and uh, also, was it the, the Figgy Kiwi? I like that as well.
1: Yeah, I was trying to get that going last night, but I don't know if. Um, I don't know if anyone was going with me unfortunately
0: Uh, we'll see but anyway we will be back after this I'm Joel Shucknessy and you're listening to Misery Hunters I just I just love him
2: aye I do but uh, as Ross said in the group chat uh, that picture that my wee sister took at the football the one that uh, she put up on Twitter he does look as if he's got a coat hanger and he's not (laughs) (laughs) he's a he's a very broad guy I've a seen him like kind of that close I think I, I seen him in Silverburn just before Christmas and he has very broad shoulders behind him. and I was myself so I was not asking for a picture I would have probably shit myself at that point
3: so.
0: but yeah it is now time for the again the poorly named Billy Mehmet Hall of Fame
3: hello this is Billy
0: Mehmet and this is the Billy Mehmet Hall of Fame let's do the dance I still don't agree with the name but you already thanks got the, You already went and got the sound, so it's hardly like I can just, yep, like, over go fuck it. With this. We're not having it. Yep, yep. Thanks,
1: Jimmy, and go fuck yourself. <laughs> anyway,
0: this uh, as mentioned
1: on on Twitter before we started recording four episodes in. It's it's finally time to induct an all time great into the Hall of Fame, and if you're going to start somewhere for people of our. Our age and general temperament then there there can be only one I think to, to start off with. And this week for the Billy Memo Hall of Fame, we're welcoming record appearance holder, Shuggy Money. What a man. Maybe the first footballer that I fell in love with. Potentially it was either Aye. him or Peter Schmeichel.
2: Aye, a uh, absolutely brilliant servant as well. Mm-hmm. Always like me. always I know, always think about me. Shuggy now is that I just wish he hung on that one extra year just so he was even in a bit of a chance to get my League Cup winner's medal.
0: Yeah, just like yeah. see him with the trophy even if he didn't play or he came on for five minutes.
2: Aye. Always we just will, a bit uh, of shame. But
0: we will come back to this
1: but uh, he made use of that year. He might not have got a League Cup winner's medal but he made use of that year well and yeah. uh, we should be very proud of him for,
0: he also for did doing
1: so but we will get back to that.
0: He did lift the Challenge Cup
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. What a man. Is it just him and Vanzi that have got three trophies?
2: Uh, or is it just him? No, nah, so Sutton on another three as well.
1: Oh, yeah, because, yeah, of course. Of course, because he can bet. At mm-hmm. the time, at the time he was the first to have three national yeah. trophies for us, I believe. Um, I took a lot of the, the heavy lifting for this from 100 Great Saints, a book that I've had. Since it was released, I think maybe in two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. But which luckily that covers the majority of the kind of glory period for for sure. anyway. Um the story goes, I've seen this mentioned a couple of places, but it's quoted in the book that Stuart Gilmer was was holding court at one of the kind of annual dinners for St Sitman, talking about the the youth team having been away playing in, in Holland, a youth tournament, and was was gushing about the the potential shown by, by Hugh Murray and saying that he'll be a first team player at some point. Um, and I think uh, it only took a, a couple of years for that to become the, the case. I think he'd played for Motherwell, perhaps, yeah. in the the meantime, but we, we snapped him up. Tony Fitz signed him personally at the start of 97, and by April 97, he'd made his, his first-team debut at 17 and 18, I think, um, against East Fife as a fairly late substitute. That was my first-ever football match that I attended, which I, I didn't. I'll, I'll hold my hands up as a, a six-year-old, seven-year-old at the time. I didn't know that that was Shuggy Murray's debut, but I, I did find it out like 10 years later. Um, Jim Dick, 1-0 in case anyone was wondering how that game went. He, he made his first start at the the beginning of the following season and, and really didn't look back after that. I think he averaged somewhere between 25 and, and 35 <clears throat> appearances a year um, pretty much every season up until the, the end of his time with us. After that as well, he, he was capped at under-16 and under-21 level for for Scotland. And then in 1998, the original Great Escape. He, he kind of wrote his name into to, to someone folklore with a a top bin winner at fourth bank to keep us up at the expense of the, the opponents that day. Still in Albion. I uh, I did not see that in person. I, I was not there. Is there anyone in our number? I know Sam wasn't because Sam was an apple an at a, that point.
2: But I wasn't even a thought at that point. <laughs> I
0: think Ross was there actually, but he's mm-hmm. not here so.
2: Yeah, so it's a shame that he's, sure. he's
1: currently putting away Chateau Neuf de Pape with the Treasury Secretary, but we can maybe ask him about it next week. Um during his testimonial year he was interviewed about the about about his time, but particularly about that that day at Still in Albion. And he, he mentioned at the end of that, which I thought was quite present, it would have been a long way back from there to where we are now. And where we are now at that point was sitting in the in the top flight and, and kind of hanging on and, and things being okay, but people kind of moaning and you know one you know worrying about finishing tenth and ninth and eleventh and all the rest of it. And you know we're we're fifteen years further down the line, but I think um, the point still stands. If if we'd gone down to the third tier in nineteen ninety eight, would we have had any of the things that we've had and making a lifetime of, of watching us? So on that alone, I think um, I think Shuggy deserves his. Deserves a spot here. Um, thankfully, after that, the following season, I, you know, played a, a key role in the in the, the promotion team. The, the, the kind of the, the first team that made me think actually I could probably be a St. fan. You know, they they do win something from from time to time. It's it's not all just glory and and everything any, anywhere else. Uh, again, um, quoted um, in the. In the book that I mentioned in Alistair McLachlan's book it says we're tipped to second favourites for relegation which really stirred up the hackles we, we started well with pre-season wins over Blackpool and Rangers and after a 6-0 win at Kirkcaldy we all became quietly confident of of doing well and a, a Player of the Month award and a, a First Division Player of the Year award as voted for by The Match if anyone remembers the, match magazine. that particular yeah I loved it I was a, I was a season tickle holder for The Match I had I had that I must have had a stack of about two hundred of them at one point.
0: I remember buying that a lot as well. Actually, when I was a wee guy, I
1: think four four two, but with more pictures.
0: Yeah, and, and cartoons, like, so I, and like um, speech bubbles next to players for some random reason. Like it would just be like a picture. Yeah. Of, oh, I remember, like now, um, Can, Michael. That,
2: I think <laughs> it, this, is, this is the same as like Match Magazine. Or, like, I like.
0: thats that
2: Match Magazine. That's uh, it because like that was always the one, in like when I was at 6 or 7, it would come up like shocking, Ronaldo to Wigan and things like that, like how Ronaldinho could have signed for Burry and things like that. <laughs> Please don't criticise their judgement too much because they did
1: make Hugh Murray First Division Player of the Year in, I, I in 2000, so they're a very sensible bunch.
3: i even
0: had an award like that. I remember it just being very English-based and any time there was a bit of Scottish in it, I remember getting excited. Yeah, uh, there
1: was, apparently it was, taken for a, a photo shoot with the award. Oof. And when he looked at the award, it was Jackie McNamara's award that he'd got in the top <laughs> five. <laughs> um,
0: I'd like so. to think Jackie McNamara's award was sitting looking going, who the fuck's Hugh Murray? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it's not the not the ball But um, but not far off it maybe kind of a, a tear below. Um a brief flirtation away in, in the north of England I think with Mansfield um, and a, a very, very short spell at Queen of the South aside. Um he, he came back and and was almost a, a one club man um for the rest of his his days, cemented his status as a, a club legend. He was one of the first entrants into the, the official Hall of Fame, um with Simon. You know, the kind of frankly poor imitation of the Billy Mehmet Hall of Fame,
0: um, patent pending.
1: Um he stayed long enough to get a testimonial, which is that the last testimonial that, that we had? I, I can't remember. I think so,
0: yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. The only other testimonial I can Fancy. remember was... Did Fancy have a testimonial? I don't think he did. That's what I was
1: wondering. The last I, test-
0: I don't think so, no. Only two testimonials no. I can remember is his and Ricky Gillis. That's it.
3: Yeah. It was a wee bit depressing because no one turned up for it.
0: No, he, he also had the testimonial where um it was like... Uh, Did master- the masters. masters. I remember going to that yeah. and like um, aye, aye. and there was the whole thing about Mark Yardley had someone had to go and buy bigger shorts because Mark Yardley couldn't fit in. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Yardley's still being a
1: professional footballer for be in Overs
2: at this point as well. <laughs> uh, I think yeah, I think from the testimony at Love Street, I think yeah, when my papa passed, I remembered we were at the cleaning cleaning out his house and there's like a, a wee bottle of whiskey with Hugh Murray's face on it and like kinda Saying obviously about the testimonial, on and it's quite a cool wee collectors. item. obviously never cracked the bottle, but uh, aye. Quite a cool thing you have. Mm-hmm. What was the score in that Was it 1 to...
3: 0? I can't remember. Who did they play They're
2: in the
0: testimonial? Derby County. Hey. No, that was Ricky Gillis's one against Derby County. No, it was a few Was it? Oh, God, I've mixed up. Actually what I was the link to Derby County. I don't know, but I remember Mo Kamara played in that match.
2: Oh. Was
1: that when he got scouted? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Clearly. One man went to Mo went to Mokamara. But we'll, we'll come back to him in a later episode of the Hall of Fame. Don't <laughs> <worry>. <laughs> Another all time great. Um yeah, had his testimonial year. He stayed long enough to see off Love Street. He scored at Greenhill Road before a couple of, of bad injuries, caught up with him and limited his appearances. He, um, he hung on. He broke Tony Fitz's all-time appearance record in May 2011, but unfortunately, in the same game, suffered the, the injury which essentially brought his his Saints career to an end. By but a couple of farewell appearances the following season, but um, as mentioned at the top of the at the top of the section, his Saints glory didn't end. In the the summer of 2012, he joined Partick Thistle, and in his short time at Partick Thistle, managed to get sent off against Morton twice. So and, hold, and hold Morton off for Patrick Thistle to win the win the championship and get promoted. So not only is Hugh Murray solely responsible for keeping us out of the third tier and keeping that record unbroken, he's also somewhat responsible for keeping Morton out of the top tier and keeping that going for a longer time. And for that, he deserves our everlasting respect.
2: I'm pretty sure he got absolutely blasted off for of some people for that tackle that he got sent off for as well. So I'm positive, I, I remember reading stuff at the time that a couple of the Morton players reckoned that he did it on purpose and like completely went in with the intention to do it. I'll try and find the article and put it on bar, eh, for anybody who's listening. But eh, I'm fairly certain that there was a, a lot of accusations getting thrown about the time that he done it on purpose, which is fantastic to obviously try and end a young boy's career if they place for a arrival for... But how many 20 odd years at this point probably now.
1: Mm-hmm. Every young Samaritan fan dreams of playing 462 games for Samaritan and then in their final season, going and just doing in their, their neighbourhood rivals. He's, he's lived a life that we'd all want to live.
0: I remember to, um, sure. when he, he actually broke his time at Samaritan, like he left to go fight and he was to go for a new challenge or a bigger club or something. And it was like maybe like two, three months where he just didn't have a club. And I remember... Um, I think it was Ross County and I, I, I remember not feeling well my, my stepdad took us out the away out the end and that and then we ended up coming back in about five minutes later but sat in the stand and Hugh Murray was there and it was the first time I think I was properly starstruck, I was like it's Hugh Murray, he's back, he's coming back and then it turns out he did come back <laughs> I did nice like like in the Royal Rumble.
1: Yeah, you can cut that out if you want, Jamie, because that was an utter shite joke to make with.
0: I mean, I didn't hear it because uh, Craig also spoke, so it was just both of you speaking mild. Yeah, I would
3: cut the last 15 seconds from memory if you want. Okay. I No, I was going to say, I, I remember um, bumping into him several times and... Um, was the name DW Sports Gym in Coatbridge I think he must have stayed nearby and I'd been far too starstruck to speak to him, it was like Sam and Silverburn with Joe Just, I uh, just <laughs> stared him down the whole thing he must have he must have just kind of worriedly just kept an eye on me going who the fuck is that We guy just staring at me constantly
0: probably thought he's
1: got got to have, uh, there's got to have been hundreds of awkward paisley teens that have stared at him over the years i'm sure it's i think that, sure that just happens
0: with like uh, like St. players where you just randomly bump into a St. fan that the only person that would recognize you like um uh, i remember getting absolutely steaming one night we we a pal and we bumped into scott walker and like we asked him for a photo <laughs> and see the whole group that scott walker was with did not know why we were getting our photos with <laughs> i am um, i did that to ian
1: maxwell <laughs> to my shame <laughs> I, he was invited to a thing before he was at the SFA he was invited to like a charity dinner thing that my work had bought a table for and ended up sitting next to him and I think the other eight at the table other than my boss who'd invited him and me didn't know who he was and I was sitting asking him about scoring in the replay against Spartans and if he had any memories of John Potter um, so it's easily done it's easily done before <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> To, to close. I also um, once at that same charity dinner, although a different year, ran up and hugged Gary Teal, and he fucking shat himself. <laughs> 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 I'll, uh, if I can find it, I'll um, I'll try and get the picture that I got someone to take. But you can see the the fear in his eyes and the the madness in mine. It was a uh, it was at the end of a very long free bar, <laughs> and I was beginning to show the effects of it. To to bring it to a close. Um, and to quote again from the, the book that I mentioned which as I said is written by the late and, and much missed Alistair McLaughlin in the book 100 Greatest Saints when Shuggy Murray played well St Mirren played well and I think that, that sums it all up so welcome welcome to the Hall of Fame
2: Mr Murray joining such guys as Stelios, <laughs> Alec Ray and Stevie Thompson
1: sitting right next to Alex Ray on the shelf as well I'm sure he couldn't be happier
3: actually, yeah. like, if you can two foot him as well idiot highlight.
0: we need to make a page on the website just of who's in this Hall of Fame just so people can be like what? <laughs>
1: <laughs> everyone gets three bullet points under their name to explain why they're there so they are. Murray's will be like save the club record appearance order and Alex Ray will be
0: fucking helmet signed Kyle Hutton <laughs> signed Kyle Hutton cunt,
2: cunt. Hutton uh, <laughs> Pretty much,
1: and there we
0: are. I mean, I think he deserves to be in there, Hugh Murray I'll agree with that one. Maybe, maybe even possibly have a like the, the the Hall of Fame named after him. That would seem like a worthy player I could have got behind.
2: Hmm. I agree.
1: Well, fuck you as well, Sam. I, I just don't think it really applies. I think there is a Hall of Fame if, if you want. If that's what you're wanting, pay your money go to a home game and have a wee look at the board on the way in and, bro- and you can read about actual things that people have done and celebrate them. Great, do what you want. In a podcast where we call everyone that listens a miserable bastard and end it by telling someone to get to fuck. Yeah. If I want to name the Hall of Fame after someone that I like, even though it might not be quite as good in talent terms as Insert name of any other striker we've ever had here. Lear. Then that's what I'll do, and you can just hey, well, that's you've taken that too far, James. So. <laughs> <laughs> you can shove that right
0: up your ass. But I, I just like to think for a moment that Hugh Murray is like someone's passed on. Like, oh, by the way, you've been put in this podcast Hall of Fame, and he's sitting listening, and he's like, "Oh, now we're entering Billy Mehmet Hall of Fame." He'd just be—is wait, wait, this a compliment? <laughs> to to his, his formal name, it's the William Mehmet Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah. I'd ask you for the one it.
0: But yeah. Um, thanks for listening, I guess. <laughs> uh, you can uh, to be back. follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Misery Hunters, or you can buy our merch that keeps the podcast going, uh, miseryhunters.co.uk. Um though we've got some new designs coming, hopefully. We still need to decide on one, but we'll get something sorted. Um and do you know what? As always, fuck Alex Ray.
3: Because they've done the Dundee United commentary team Fuck tom Colts
1: Fuck
0: Tony
3: what Sports Social Podcast Network
2: 18 plus.